Namaste. Welcome to Call and Response Podcasts with Krishnadas, where he shares meaningful stories of his life on the path, of his Guru Maharaji, and integrating spiritual practice into our everyday lives. Call and Response Podcasts is an offering of the Kirtanwala Foundation. The foundation is dedicated to spreading the teachings of Neem Karoli Baba, a great spiritual teacher of India. If you are interested in supporting this podcast and the work of the foundation, please visit kirtanwalafoundation.org K-I-R-T-A-N-W-A-L-L-A-H foundation.org So practice, you got to do practice. I'm sorry, you just have to. With our eyes open and our hearts open. But through a practice, you're, you're, you get used to coming back from being gone. It's more like an ability to let go. It's amazing how connected we, I feel these days. Every time I turn my computer on, there's 40 people checking in or putting up something online. Or It's really amazing. All my lamas from living in Nepal, they're, they're all online today. and uh, Every day there's teaching, so many teachings available. It's incredible. So really plug into those if you're home and instead of sitting around worrying and panicking, it's wonderful to get these teachings from these wonderful beings, these great beings. It's extraordinary. So um, so we're here and uh, same place the next week and next week and next week and next week. The chanting is so important to overcome the habits of thought, the way we 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 shutter ourselves inside this dark this dark room that we call ourselves, our emotions, and it's just we're brought up that way. Our parents were that way. The grandparents were that way. Very rare that we meet people in our growing up phase that are uh, at all really plugged into something really deep, you know. It happens. But, uh, so it's extraordinary, you know, when I was first getting interested in this stuff, there were like three books on yoga and meditation. There wasn't, I don't even think there was any yoga studios anywhere, maybe a few people teaching yoga here and there. So now so much is available, and we need it, as you can as you know, we need it, and it's there. So use this time to get deeper into your own being and to open your heart and let go of fear and embrace feeling, wishing this world and everybody in it well and breaking down the barriers that we have of shame and fear and sadness and betrayal and broken hearts and all that stuff. We've got to get over that stuff. We've got to digest it. We can't push it away, but we've got to digest it and use it as, as fuel, as food to move on into a deeper, a deeper love. And the chanting, it's just so powerful to, because either you're paying attention or you're not. It becomes very obvious to you. So every time you're not, you keep coming back. And little by little, that there's a 
um, you know, when you drive to the, towards the ocean, like out in LA, as I was in Pacific Palisades, and we're driving towards the ocean, and I, the windows were open in the car, and I went, oh, I smell the ocean. And uh, just then, there's a street, what was it called? Uh, I forget, but it was like that you could, the, that street was where you could smell the ocean, and, and then you know you're moving in the right direction. So as we do these practices, as we chant and meditate, pray, and do whatever we do, we touch that place where we can, ah, we can taste it just a little bit. We can smell that fragrance of sweetness just a little bit. You can't hold on to it, but you cultivate it through your practice. So, let me see. There's some questions here. How does Ramdas come to me now? Ah, oh, you know. I can't even say it's a memory. It's not a memory at all. It's a, it's a living presence. He's so, he's such a, a natural part of me. We bonded so deeply towards the end, and especially in these last years, but especially in the last couple of years, that uh, I feel like he's always around and, and, and just, Smiling. Where's that picture? I love this picture. This this was our this was a picture of us. Can you see it? That's how we were at the end. Like two crazy little kids, you know? Just having fun in our hearts. It was really really deep. Really deep laughs. We've been through tons of shit together over the years, and all that was left was this real joy in each other's presence. So, How many times do I chant? I don't know. I don't count. <laughs> I chant, and then I stop chanting. I don't know how long. You just do it again. You don't have to memorize things. You know, you can read them. You can chant them as you go. Read them as you chant. Uh, you don't have to memorize the shulisa. You're not preparing for an exam. So read it, sing it, read it. You don't have to try to memorize it. It'll come. You do it a few million times. You'll remember it. No problem. Can I talk about staying strong and courageous in these times? Well... What are the options? What are your options? You know, many years ago, I was in, uh, me and a friend of mine had trailed Maharaji down to Bombay. They called it Bombay in those days. And uh, we actually found him. I mean, it was crazy that we found him, but we did. And uh, long story. But anyhow, so one day we were at, in this building, apartment building with him in, in uh, someone's apartment. And he was lying on the bed in the back of the room. And uh, I was sitting on the floor next to him, just doing my practice, which is staring at him. And uh, there was an Indian guy there, uh, an Indian devotee. And um, many hours had gone by. Maharaji was just lying on the bed. He'd sit up. He'd lie down, he'd sit up, he'd lie down. 
And all of a sudden, with great intensity, he sits up and he looks at me and he says, courage is a really big thing. Now, the Indian devotee said, oh, Baba, God takes care of his devotees. My heart, he just shot him a glance like that. And he said to me again, courage is a really big thing. It is. It's a big thing. We need courage. We need courage not to, not to give up. Because life goes on. Everything's going to go on, whether you're there with it or not. It's best to try to stay with it as best you can. Don't give in to fear. Don't give in to too much worry. Um, do what you can to overcome that. It's not courage for nothing. It's courage for the sake of your own heart and the hearts of those around us. It's not like courage in battle, you're going to go kill people. The battle is you're going to kill your own limitations. You're going to kill and conquer the, the things that, that drag us down, that prevent us from allowing our hearts to be open and wide and prevent us from being who we really can be in this world. So courage is very important. And you just have to talk yourself down, you know. I mean, even Hanuman had to talk himself down in a different, slightly different way. One time, Hanuman was jumped over to Lanka to try to find Sita, who had been kidnapped by Ravana. And Lanka was his kingdom. And uh, he had to go all through the kingdom to, to looking for her. So at one point, he looking in, and he came up across Ravana's harem. And he looks down at, and he was, Hanuman was not, he was brahmachari, he was celibate. And he, and he was looking at all these naked women in various degrees of undress and this, that. And he, he stopped and went, oh my God, I've, you know, this is, I've sinned. You know, I've done something wrong. I've, I've, I've looked at these women. I've, I've, and he started to have a meltdown. If monkeys can melt down, he was having a monkey meltdown. And then he says to himself, now wait a minute. This, I didn't do this of my own volition. I did this in the service to Ram to try to find Sita. This was not, there was nothing in this of me. This was all to serve Ram. So there's nothing for me to worry about, you know. And then he went off his way. But he was having a meltdown. He had to talk himself down. Sometimes we just have to talk ourselves down. Like, Katie, get a grip. Let go of this. Let go of this. You'll deal with it some other time. Just let go of it now and chill. Sometimes you just have to do that. And of course, the things that helps us do that is our regular practice. Regular connecting on again and again, coming back home to our hearts. When I chant the Chalisa, it feels very mechanistic and lacks joy, love, and all the sweetness that it once did. What gifts? What's the fix for this? Should I move on and cultivate other practices? <laughs> Sweetheart, my friend, it's not the practice, it's you. It's not the practice, it's us. At the beginning, we had an excitement. Here we are, we're singing the Chalisa. Oh, it's so great, I'm in so much love. But though that, that superficial excitement passes, of course, it has to. 
Then you get down to the nitty-gritty of seeing your own mind and the bullshit that's, that's going on all the time in our heads. But you still practice. You just do your best to pay attention. The Hanuman Chalisa is a mantra. Maharaji said every line is Maha Mantra. So Maha Mantra is Maha Mantra. Do it. Give yourself to it as best you can. It's only our own stuff that keeps us separate. I have the same thing. That happens. I, you think I'm in total bliss all the time? I'm singing, floating off the ground? I don't think so. You keep doing. You keep doing. You keep doing. In this case, the way you ask that question, the answer is just keep doing. And notice your emotions. Notice the inability you have to give yourself to it. Just keep noticing. Let go and come back. Noticing, let go and come back. That's the deal. You don't have to make, manufacture some kind of feeling. What happened at first wasn't, it's not the real thing, it's only a temporary little hit. It, the real thing is always here. And that's what doing the Shalisa will uncover within us. And all these practices do the same thing like that. So keep chanting. Yeah. <laughs> If Baba were here physically in the same form that I knew him in, do you think he'd still live in Kenchi? No, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, he might be here in the same form that, that I knew him in, but he's not in Kenchi as far as I can tell. He's not anywhere that I know. Um, when we start talking about Maharaji, it's like stepping, it's like, Diving into a pool, we don't know how deep it is. We're trying to get to the bottom, but we don't know how. We, and we never can find the bottom. There are so many stories about him. <sighs> so many stories about him. There's no way to know. You know, but these great beings, this world is a dream. This body is a dream. And you've heard about conscious dreaming, right? which is the ability to enter into your dreams consciously in your, at night. And then you can do all kinds of things in your dreams that you can't do in a physical body. So, in some way, for the great beings, this world is their dream. If Maharaji wants to have three bodies, he can have three bodies. Well, in fact, uh, Tawara told me a story. Uh, there was a new temple being uh, inaugurated in Delhi, just outside of Delhi. And uh, Maharaji was asked to come and bless the inauguration. But he said, spent, said where he wasn't going to come. And he was way up in the mountains, maybe 12, 14-hour car ride from Delhi, way up in the mountains with Tuare and other devotees at this house, way up. And at about, um, I think it was like 11 o'clock in the morning, Maharaji says to Tuari, let's go, let's take a walk, jello. So they walked out on this ridge, which was one of these, like, the Himalayas are kind of right there, you know, like a few ridges away. And he says to Tuari, sit down and meditate. So Tuari sat down facing the Himalayas, closes his eyes, boom. He's gone. 
But finally, Maharaji hits him. Jalo, let's go, let's go, let's go. Come on, we have work, I have work to do, let's go. So they walk back to the house, and then they spend the rest of the day. The next day, a car arrives from Delhi, and it's the, uh, the people who, uh, the trust, the temple trust. They came into the house, and they said, uh, we wanted, Maharaji left before taking prasad, so we've come from Delhi to bring the food, food for him, the prasad from the temple. And the, the, the house owner says to him, what do you mean he left? And they said, well, he was there in the morning, but then just around 11, uh, he, he was there around 11, and then we went to get him food, from, and he disappeared. And the householder starts yelling, what, you, what nonsense you're talking? He was here all day, here in the house. What are you talking about? And the, and the people from Delhi just looked around, and they saw Tuwari sitting there in the living room, and the, they said, look, and he was there too. So Maharaji had gone to Delhi and taken Tuwari with him while they were both here uh, in the mountains. So, what can be said? What can be said? But I doubt he'd be in Kenshi. Do I think that after COVID-19 blows over, if it blows over the way we hope it will, as a society, we'll see there's more to life than money and consumerism. There is? Uh, or will things go back the way they were? Well, one would hope that at least the people who had the karmas to wake up a bit will wake up and manifest more strongly in the world, for sure. This is very powerful time. People don't wake up without, without difficulties. When you have difficulties, you have to overcome them. And that's when people start to pay attention. Maharaj used to say, I love suffering. Suffering makes me remember God. So, yes, I think that maybe there'll be the people who are ripe enough and have been whose karmas allowed them to ripen even more at this time, will be more active in the world and help and be more open and more, more helpful in making good things happen. But you know, we'll see. One can only hope and do what one can. You know, this, all this craziness in the world is our doing. Nobody else is doing this. It's us. It's we human beings are doing this. All of us. So we human beings can change it. But not everybody believes that. Not everybody believes that there's a better way to live. Most people live in fear, shame, guilt, and selfishness and greed. And that's, that's what drives us. And uh, when we're in that mode, it's us and them, and we'll do anything we have to to protect ourselves and our small circle of people. That's the kind of thinking that kind of has to go. It has to loosen up a little bit. 
Will it happen? I don't know. I hope so. I hope so. Maharaji gave me darshan in a dream. Am I imagining it? Playing a trick or was it real? How do I know? Well, they say that we cannot uh, create the form of a, of a saint, a real saint, with our own minds. That if we see a saint in a dream, they have come to see us. They have given us darshan. That's, that's what they believe, what's believed. So I, I think that feels right to me. Uh, we can't conjure up that form in our mind. We can when we're awake, we can visualize. But when we fall asleep, we don't have that will to visualize. So if we have that darshan, see a saint or a yogi in our dreams, it means they probably come to see us. In most cases, I think that would be true. What is Maharaji's big form? <laughs> you know. <clears throat> you know, Dada, who was a great devotee of Maharaji's, he used to say Maharaji had two blankets. He had an outer blanket to hide his physical body from us because Dada used to see him with sores that would manifest and then go away, all kinds of things going on as he was taking karma on and eating people's karmas up, burning it off on his own body. Um, but Dada also said he had an inner blanket that hid this true being from us because we could not handle it. We could not, it would burn our circuits out. So Maharaj's big form is the, is the big form, the universal form. He's one with God. He's become the universe. And like Krishna shows Arjuna in his universal form, the whole universe, everything within him, this is Maharaj's big form as well. Outside of that huge, vast being, beingness, presence, there can be nothing outside of that. Everything exists within that presence. Just like the clouds float through the sky, the birds fly, the pollution pollutes, the wind blows, all inside of this vast sky. <laughs> How would you find a guru in Staten Island? I don't know. <laughs> it might not be. It might be all over the place. Everybody might be a guru in Staten Island. Some of the, I'm answering questions, some of the lamas I referred to at the beginning, Sokni Rinpoche, Mingyur Rinpoche, Chokinima Rinpoche, those are the three Rinpoches that I was thinking about, that I saw today online. Also, Tai Situ Rinpoche was online today. So many are available. 
giving messages and hope and, and support for us. So many. Beautiful. You know, somebody asked me once uh, about happiness, you know. And I said, well, you know, someone once, some reporter, I think, once asked his holiness Dalai Lama if he was happy. And he said, well, you know, I guess you could say I've had a tough life, really. I was, I was taken from my parents at an early age to edu be educated in the monastery. Then I had to take over the reins of my country at a very early age. Then I had to escape from my country and was helpless as millions, millions of my people were slaughtered by the Chinese government. Um, and now I'm living as a refugee in another country. But yes, I'm happy. He said, the Chinese have taken everything from me. Should I let them take my happiness too? That's really deep. Because we, we're so accustomed to getting all the things we want in the course of a life, in a day, in a week. We reach here, we Amazon this and this and that. We get so used to being empowered that way and using and being so busy that way. We forget that happiness is an innate quality to our true nature. And it's up to us to find that within. You got me with that big form question. Once my mind went there, I'm zoned. I saw a question there just before about uh, How can I achieve spirituality and closest to Lord Krishna? Lord Krishna is God. And certainly if you call his name and chant his name, you will achieve closeness to Krishna. You will recognize divinity in yourself and everywhere. Because as he says, and when he sees me in all, this is Krishna speaking in the Gita, and when he sees me in all, and sees all in me, then I never leave him, and he never leaves me. And he who in this oneness of love loves me in whatever he sees, Wherever this man may live, in truth, he lives in me. And when he sees me and all, and all in me, then I never leave him and he never leaves me. And he who in this oneness of love loves me in whatever he sees, 
loves me in whatever he sees. Wherever this man may live, in truth, he lives in me. So that's what we're talking about. When we see Krishna in all beings, then Krishna is always with us. He never leaves us. And again he says, who burns with the bliss and suffers the sorrow of every creature in his own heart, making his own each bliss and each sorrow. Him I hold as the highest yogi. A heart as wide as the world. A heart as wide as the world. Surrender is the issue here. Surrender is our path. Surrender of the separate self. Surrender of the ego. Surrender of our own subjective delusion that we call reality. And that's what practice is for. Practice trains us as we keep coming back to the moment, coming back to the mantra, coming back to the breath, coming back to the moment. We've let go again and again of the thoughts that take us away, the emotions that take us away, the sensations that take us away. We've come back again and again. That's surrendering. Every time you let go, and as Krishna says in the Gita, do what you do, but the fruit of your actions is not up to you, it's up to him, up to God. That's what he says. So, we do what we do. We, we do as much good in the world as we can. We try to help everyone we can, but whether we can change this world or not, we don't know. That's Our job is simply to do the best we can. Every day, the best we can, which is what we're doing, but it could be better. So, and the surrender is very deep. So I'm going to read this again. I read it last week from Ramana Maharshi. Place your burden, your burden, our burden, which is this heavy, delusional me that we carry around. Place your burden at the feet of the Lord of the universe who accomplishes everything. Remain all the time steadfast in the heart, in the transcendental absolute, in the oneness. in the present moment. God knows the past, the present, and the future. He will determine the future for you and accomplish the work. What is to be done will be done at the proper time. Don't worry, abide in the heart, 
and surrender your acts, your selfish acts, your self-centered acts to the divine. Surrender is the goal. Devotion is the path. Surrender is the goal. By letting go, we get everything. Nothing is lost. Everything is gained. And Maharaj used to say over and over again, Ramnam Karnese Sabpura Hojatehe. I'm going on repeating the names of God. Everything is accomplished. Everything, the goal is reached, which is merge, merging completely, becoming one with the universe, recognizing the oneness of the universe, which we are part of. Or so they say. So let's see, any more questions? Maharaji said he would come to America in a, he didn't say in a new body, he just said in the body, in a body. He said, he'll come to America, and, and uh, Radha was there, said, you'll come in our hearts. And he said, nay, Sharia man, in body. So uh, where is he? How the hell do I know? He, if, I, if he wanted me to know where he was, I'd know. But I don't. <laughs> That doesn't mean he's not here or he hasn't come. You know. So don't hold your breath. Is this the end of the Kali Yuga? Well, that would be nice. That means that the, the golden age was just down the road, but uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Why do I wear red clothes? I wear red clothes because I was told to wear red clothes. Maharaji made me dye everything I had red. And he said, you're Hanuman, you're Bajram Bali. You have to wear red all the time. So I do, mostly. Red, red, orange, orange, red, you know, whatever. Close as I can get. How can we support the dying and their families and those who may be dying alone? Well, obviously, it's not much we can do physically at this point. We can donate to... Uh, the first responders, there's many uh, places to donate to help the first responders who are also getting sick. There's plenty of places to donate to help uh, different charities, food to people. It's very difficult because it's not just a question of not getting sick yourself. It's a question of not spreading it to people that it, the, the, the virus will actually kill more easily. Old people, although... Apparently, many, most of the people who have it are between 20 and 50. That's what I've understood. And there was another question about, you know, should I read the, the news? It drives me crazy. Well, I read the news today, oh boy. So the news feeds, 
feeds fear for me. We pray, we pray for ourselves and humanity, but I feel guilty. I feel like I'm not witnessing, as Bernie would say, like turning my head away. Well, you're witnessing turning your head away. That's part of witnessing. You witness your own reactions too, and you let them go, so you can become more present. It's a practice. Don't expect yourself to go straight to the whole, you know, to the end of the, you know, everything. You have to do it step by step. That's the way it works. Witnessing is very powerful. When I was in, when I went to Auschwitz with Bernie twice, um, it was really intense, obviously. I don't want to belittle the city. It was a very powerful uh, situation, very powerful practice place, very powerful. And we had come there to bear witness to the suffering. Obviously, if you're to bear witness, which means seeing something, you have to be able to see it without coloring it with your own stuff. Otherwise, you're not witnessing. And in this case, we were witnessing as an offering to those beings who suffered there. Not necessarily for ourselves, but because we to be with them as they are, to give our being to them. Uh, so you, one had to drop their own, your own trip. So not so easy. So the first time I was there, the first few days, I walked, it, the sun was shining. The, it was autumn and the leaves were multicolored on the trees, all flickering gold, red, yellow. It was so beautiful, grass growing. I walked around furious, screaming, literally, raging at God. And the sun, the sun was shining. And I, was, I would walk around and I would, inside, I was going, how can you fucking shine on this place? How dare you shine on this place? How dare you shine on this place, right? I was nuts. It drove me crazy. And for two days, I was kind of out of my mind. How dare you, I, you, know, you know. And then all of a sudden, I went, oh, it's your nature to shine. It's your nature to shine on all, equally, on the shit, on the gold, on the good, on the bad, on the up and the down, the poor and the rich, the good and the evil. You know, it was like the top of my head just blew off. That's unconditional love on all beings, all the time, equally. It was a very, 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 very powerful situation, very powerful experience for me. I was stuck in judging, which we do, and my version of it. But the sun was just shining on all, even on me in my state of mind. This is witnessing. This is where witnessing and practicing being able to witness will open up for us, those kind of experiences where we see from a different place. And yes, Bernie was all about that.
<laughs> what about charis, which is hash? Do I recommend it for spiritual? I, I recommend it for lung infections and pulmonary uh, dysfunction. No. You know, Maharaj said, if hash would bring you to God, we'd get a room full of it and we'd all go in and smoke together. But it won't. It'll just destroy your health. And uh, that's what he said. And I haven't smoked anything like that in so many years, I can't even imagine. However, he did say that LSD, which he called the yogi medicine, can bring you into the room with Christ, which means God. But you can't stay. The only way to stay is love. That's what he said. So I don't think he was being judgmental from a worldly point of view. I think he was just simply telling it the way it is. So you deal with that. Do as you wish. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by the Kirtan Mala Foundation. Krishnadas is renowned for leading Kirtan, the spiritual practice of chanting, and workshops around the world. For more information about him, including upcoming events, please visit krishnadas.com. K-R-I-S-H-N-A-D-A-S dot com. We also invite you to visit kirtanwalafoundation.org. K-I-R-T-A-N-W-A-L-L-A-H foundation.org. Here you will find more offerings dedicated to spreading the teachings of Neem Karoli Baba. Love everyone, serve everyone. Remember God. Ram Ram.